giant leech got me. You're missing all the fun. These people are great. Some of them have been partying all night long. They sing songs till they get too cold, and then they go sit by the fire, and they get warm, and then they come back and they sing some more. Yeah, they're hicks, Rita. So, you sleep okay without me? You tossed and turned, didn't you? You're incredible. Who told you? Oh, it's Groundhog time. What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rock Strikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. Okay, yes, as promised, welcome to the top 60 albums from the year 1993 Welcome back to the year 1993. Hope you enjoyed that four-parter, Odds and Ends. And here are the best albums. According to me, myself, and I, it's my list. Your friend Joey has took it upon himself to make a list of what he considers to be the best albums of 1993. Can I say 1993 enough? Hey, by the way, a few things happened in 93. Bill Clinton was sworn in as the 42nd President of the United States. The first of two World Trade Center bombings. Horrible thing. I remember specifically that happening for sure. I also remember the weenie roast at the Waco compound, courtesy of David Koresh's cult, and the Academy Awards dubbed The Unforgiven, the best picture of the year. Hey, there you go. There's an intro for you. So as we get into this album's countdown right here, Before I forget to do it, and do it all the way at the last part, let's go ahead and give out a few extra music awards here before we get into my Rock Strikes 10 albums list right here. I went through the entirety of some of the more popular charted pop singles of the entire year, and I came up with a handful that I didn't play on the odds and ends and will not feature here on the albums list that I figured I would single out, no pun intended, as some of the best songs that actually made it onto the pop charts, whether it be in the U.S. or U.K. or worldwide or all of it. And I came up with four that I figured are worth your time. I Feel You by Depeche Mode. That album didn't make the cut for the albums list, but I really dig I Feel You. I think it's a cool song. If you liked anything off Violator, you'll love that. It's a nice little sequel to it. Hip Hop Hooray by Naughty by Nature. Who doesn't love Hip Hop Hooray? Come on, you gotta love it. 
Throw your hands in the air today. Ho. 1993, the year of the hip-hop hooray. Speaking of hip-hop, Slam by Onyx, especially the Bionics mix, which I will say right here and now, I accidentally left that one off of the odds and ends of 1993. So do yourself a favor, go look up the Biohazard Onyx version of Slam and turn it up. Also a big fan of Ordinary World by Duran Duran. And hell, let's go ahead and throw in Come Undone by Duran Duran on there just to round it out to five speaking of duran duran the worst album of the year or at least the album that i listened to all the way through without turning off the one that wound up being the worst out of all that was duran duran's wedding album i had never listened to this album top to bottom i thought it was going to be a good record and man besides those two singles honestly that record is damn terrible if you ask me woof so yeah, avoid that one. Listen to the singles for sure. But let, let's be honest, the majority of Duran Duran albums from the 90s and beyond are pretty much like that. They're good for a couple of songs other than that. Eh. A few other album awards I want to give out before we get to number 60 right here and kick off the countdown. The best rap or hip-hop album of 1993 in a pretty good year, actually. There's some good stuff out there. Tribe, De La, Ice-T's Home Invasion. But... I gotta say, if you're gonna check out one hip-hop album from 1993, make sure it's Diggable Planets Reachin'. That thing is really good. Some of the best flow and rhymes you'll ever hear. And Diggable Planets, people don't talk about them too much, at least that I could tell. Uh, a two-and-through band, they only have two records out. But Reachin', their debut album, that thing, you could definitely defend rap and hip-hop is art when you listen to a record like that so go check that one out very mellow laid back and jazzy but got some good rhyming to it okay and the best country album of 1993 by a landslide goes to the great dwight yoakam and the album this time if i had to pick a record out of his entire catalog to have someone listen to for the first time it would definitely be that album this time it's got three perfect singles on there including one of my all-time favorite songs, Thousand Miles From Nowhere. So go listen to that record. It's phenomenal. So, okay. And one more little thing, little piece of note here. Another asterisk I want to give you here. Just because maybe some of your favorite albums are on this particular part, the bottom of the list, quote-unquote, 60 through 51, even if they're on the bottom of this list, just know that I still recommend people listen to the entirety of these albums with the exception of the two lowest ones here on the countdown, everything on my countdown scored an 80 points or more on it. So these are solid, solid records. And I kept it to 60 just to keep that quality up. So every album on here is, at the very least, really, really good. Okay, let's get into it here. Coming in at number 60, my apologies already to my friend LC, but number 60 belongs to Urge Overkill and their fourth album called Saturation. This is definitely the peak of their commercial success. And Saturation, very good record. I, I really like three quarters of it quite a bit. The fourth of it that I don't like, not very good. But when it's good, it is really, really good. Uh, produced by the Butcher Brothers, by the way, which the only other time I remember reading their names, I know they have a lot of production credits throughout basically the 80s and 90s and 2000s and stuff like that 
The only other time I remember reading their name as producers on a record would have been Anthrax's Stomp 442. Now, that's one of their worst albums, but it sounds great. So, for what it's worth, the Butcher Brothers, still a very good production team. They'll get a good sound out of you at the very least. Maybe they're not great at picking songs, but their shit sounds great. Further proof, of course, and let's start off strong here. If you're familiar with this record, or if you were alive in 1993, you know this song, but this is a perfect rock song, so we gotta play it here. This is a proper 1993 retrospective, after all. So to kick off the show, here's Urge Overkill from Saturation, and this is the album opener, of course. It's Sister Havana. Turn it up. Hey 
Ah, yes. Kicking off the show here in fine fashion and kicking off the top 60 albums of 1993 in a big way. That was Urge Overkill. The album is Saturation. The song is Sister Havana. All right, show's over. No, I'm just kidding. Let's get to number 59 right here with a unique release in this man's catalog. And I say this man's catalog, although... For someone who's predominantly known as a solo artist, especially over the last 30 years. He started off playing in bands for the most part, but a very accomplished, super accomplished guitar player. One of the best in the world, in my opinion. Mr. Steve Vai actually put together a quote-unquote band. Even though the band was dubbed Vai, a very Van Halen thing to do right there. And here's another one of those Joey theories, but I feel like with Passion and Warfare in 1990, which is easily a top five rock instrumental guitar album right there. But maybe he just felt that you can't really do anything better than that. You can't really follow that album up. So putting a band together does make sense. And he put together a hell of a band to be dubbed Vi here in 1993. Of course, Steve on lead guitar, TM Stevens on bass, very accomplished bass player. The great Terry Bozio. So the second of two Zappa alumni here to play in this band, great Terry Bozio, also, of course, for Missing Persons and a few other things. And rounding out the band, this fresh-faced young kid from Canada named Devin Townsend would be the new lead singer for Steve Vai. So clearly Steve Vai has an eye for talent, as someone did for him back in the day. This has got to be considered Devin's big break in a sense, although the album would not be very successful. And apparently even the production of this album was very troubled. Devin's talked about this in interviews a lot. He's, he talked about how unpleasant the experience was. Uh, although him and Steve are still very much friends, it just wasn't a good experience for him first time out. He thought, oh, I'd move out to California, be a big rock star, that kind of thing. But he said, I immediately saw all the traps and all the negatives of the music industry. So good for you, Devin, because you started your own thing like right after that. And he's gone on to have a great career and became basically a near musical genius in his own right, much like Steve Vai. This record, I actually dig it pretty well. It's interesting. And also just to kind of see 30 years after the fact, to me, this is like we're going to make futuristic music right here, make music for the now and try to carve a path here. And I feel like that was the thing that they were trying to accomplish on this record. It doesn't quite hit all the time, but I think it's a real interesting release and on the principle that it's Devin Townsend's first big album singing lead vocals. And of course, the musicianship is very top-notch on here. Of course it is. Some of the songs are there, some of them aren't. And, and what's got to be the only time ever that Desmond Child has a co-write on a Steve Vai record. And I almost played that song, the single that they went with, In My Dreams With You. At this time in 1993, good ballad. It's a, it's a damn catchy ballad. Almost like the best winger ballad ever, I suppose. But it wasn't really going to do them a lot of favors in 93 with the musical landscape going on. They probably should have gone with something heavier. So... I'm going to go with something heavier as well to represent this album. By the way, the album is called Sex and Religion. I failed to mention that. And even if you don't love this album, you can't say that it's super boring either. So here's one that's just kind of all over the place. So I wanted to feature it here to represent this album. So here is the band Vi from the Sex and Religion record. 
and this is Pig. Very crazy and manic song from the Sex and Religion album by the band Vi, of course, featuring Devin Townsend right there on lead vocals, along with Steve Vi, TM Stevens, and Terry Bozio. That was Pig. And we move over here to number 58 on the countdown 
I was definitely super curious going into this year, 1993, to see how many releases were of the melodic, hard rock kind of ilk, see how much was still being put out at the time. I'm sure by this point, with a lot of the heartless music labels and everything, that these were contractual obligations for the most part. But who knows, maybe somebody believed in some of these records. But there's some quality stuff in here if you go digging. And I feel like this is one of them right here. Band out of Tennessee. I believe they're from Memphis, called Every Mother's Nightmare. And the album from 1993 they put out here was called Wake Up Screaming. And I quite dig it. I don't know what the rationale was here, but a definitely an unnecessary cover of Tobacco Road does kind of hurt the record a little bit. Although, of course, who doesn't love Tobacco Road, but it just seems weird, like after Roth did it, and it's been covered to death even before that. But the rest of the album, I will say the album a lot of times reminded me of some of the really cool material that L.A. Guns was doing at the time, like the Hollywood Vampires record. And that's a good thing. It's not me saying that they're ripping off L.A. Guns or anything. I just got that vibe. So I did quite enjoy this record for that reason. So much so that, much like L.A. Guns, one of my favorite songs on this record, if not my favorite, is one of the ballads. So check it out. This is Every Mother's Nightmare with Already Gone. Stop me now. 
his life and I wish she was here today Tell me why you had to go With something I had to say Nice, cool, heavy neo-ballad from the early 90s right there, courtesy of Every Mother's Nightmare that was already gone from the album Wake Up Screaming. Hope you enjoyed that. And coming in at number 57 right here is the icon, the legend, Mr. Iggy Pop, with his 10th solo album here in 1993 called American Caesar, produced by a guy named Malcolm Byrne, who, just looking over his resume right here, this is probably easily one of the heaviest things this guy ever produced the same year he produced this album he produced whatever john mellencamp was putting out that year but yeah american caesar definitely on par probably a little bit under the quality of the previous iggy album brick by brick i like brick by brick a little bit better but it's got some stuff to like here on american caesar so no huge problem with it right here and it's iggy it's always going to be an interesting listen so i'm going with this one right here this is probably the most popular song on this album, if there is such a thing. The album didn't do that great, but I've seen this song on a couple of comps here and there, and I always thought it was a cool song, had a lot of attitude on it. Plus, and here's another fun fact. I didn't know this until a few weeks ago when I listened to the album, just looking at the credits and everything, because I do have this. Uh, background vocals on this song, courtesy of Iggy Pop superfan Mr. Henry Rollins. There you go. One of the few times they probably collaborated ever is on this song. So just gives it that extra element of coolness to it. So here's Iggy Pop from American Caesar, and this is Wild America. Wild America. 
One thing that is very consistent about playing Iggy Pop pretty regularly here on Rock Strikes, and it's always a kick to just line up the tracks as we do here on our editing machines. And Iggy's songs are always like pushed up. Like you can see those levels just boom. Like sometimes I have to turn them down a little bit. I That sounds like a real horrible thing to say, but man, his shit is so loud. And his stuff is over the line every time. Yeah, over the line. But yes. Iggy Pop from American Caesar. That was Wild America. I hope you enjoyed that. Next album up here is the sophomore release by this band right here. Definitely one of those bands I put right in the bubble of the 90s, even though they are still putting out records. They put out a really cool album a couple years ago, actually, one of their comeback albums. But yes, this band right here, Hum, who will achieve better success even on the album after this. But for now, in 1993, their second album here called Electra 2000. If you're a fan of really epic, heavy guitar sounds, layered guitar sounds, I really hesitate to use this genre name because I am not a fan of shoegaze. But 
I'm a fan of shoegaze adjacent in the sense if you're a hybrid shoegaze band and you lean on metal or alternative, then I probably like your band a whole lot more than just being basic ass spacey shoegaze. It's a thing, but when it's done well, it's so freaking good. And Hum is one of those bands that can pull off this shit because they're a little bit heavier. Even if a lot of times I can't understand the lyrics, and that's kind of my knock on shoegaze. But just as pure sonic overload is one of the great bands to do it right here. So get into some hum if you haven't heard them yet. Maybe this will entice you right here. Here is the kickoff track from Electra 2000. The song is called Ironclad Lou.
Ah, yes. Hum right there from their second album, Electra 2000. That was Ironclad Lou, the opening track on that record. I'm sure you were maybe going, Joey, what the hell, man? But you got to wait for it. They, they, they build it up and they just drop it on you. So once it kicks in, it's like, oh, yes, yes, there it is. The crescendo, as we would say, in music theory, if I maintain anything from back in my music theory days, it's definitions. Okay. Next album here, speaking of sophomore albums, this one right here, also a sophomore album from a British-based band who did very well on the 1992 countdown, and they followed it up a year later. Now, by comparison, a bit of a sophomore slump, but still decently enjoyable, just not as good as the first album, but what a quality band here, Manic Street Preachers. Their album here called Gold Against the Soul, and who knows, maybe this is just a grower. Maybe the, the couple of times I listened to it didn't really all the way register with me, but it's Manic Street Preacher, so I will be revisiting it at some point because I've really gotten into this band over the last few years. Just a quality band that, unfortunately, a lot of people in the States don't know about. And my favorite song currently on this record, probably not a coincidence, is the fact that a few years ago I got lucky and found a double-disc singles collection of theirs in the wild. And I've always enjoyed this song, so I was happy to run into it here again listening to their second album here, Gold Against the Soul. So, to represent that album, going to go with the single, but it's probably new to most people, as it was me at the time. So this is Life Becoming a Landslide. Enjoy.
Coming in at number 55 here on the top 60 albums of 1993 countdown, that was the Manic Street Preachers from the album Gold Against the Soul. And that was a very, very catchy song right there called Life Becoming a Landslide. Hope you enjoyed that. Moving on to 54, yet staying in the UK with a band who put out their debut album in 1990. And I really enjoyed that. I believe when I did my 1990 countdown, this band did really well on it. And much like Manic Street Preachers, a bit of a slump here on the second album, but still decently enjoyable. And I liked enough songs on it to where it came in pretty well here on the countdown. Once again, just making it here on this countdown, you are actually a quality record at the end of the day. But interesting that this band took three years to follow up their debut. Definitely losing some momentum as far as I could tell. But the Choir Boys, a.k.a. over here, the London Choir Boys, put out their second album, in 93, a Bob Rock produced album here called Bitter, Sweet, and Twisted. And still has a lot of the elements of the debut album on here. If you enjoyed their Faces-esque brand of rock and roll, then I think you'll be fine with this record. I know I sure was. And if your short-term memory is good, I'm sure you'll recall that you've already heard the voice of Spike here on the 1993 retrospective via the odds and ends with his collaboration with CeCe DeVille. But back into this Choir Boys record, my favorite song off of this album is this one right here. It's called Last Time. No need to shout, girl, I can hear you. No need to scream, you're not in pain My, my little girl, you sure would tough one You don't have to prove it once again It's 
What is it about some of those singers, male or female, the ones that sound like they smoke all the cigarettes and drink all the hard alcohol out of those little glasses? But Spike just has an appealing voice to me. I'm sure it's not for everybody, but if you like Rod Stewart and all of his disciples, as I like to say, then yeah, right on with that. Choir Boys with Last Time from the number 54 album here of 1993. 53 belongs to a band who, as of a few weeks ago, I don't recall ever hearing this band's name ever. It's possible that maybe this band name got dropped in front of me at some point, maybe during my CD Warehouse days. I feel like this is a band that Logan definitely would have been on board with. So if you're still listening, sir, let me know. Let me know if you just like, I can't believe you forgot that I recommended this band to you. He'd be very disappointed in me, but... Maybe I'm turning him onto something with this right here. So this band, they're called God Machine. They're a trio out of San Diego, California. Don't know much about anything about them, but man, I enjoyed this record. It's got a lot of layers to it. It's very heavy in nature, but man, I found myself enjoying this record, and I will go back and revisit it sooner than later. It's hard to come by, though. Don't expect to stream it. I don't even remember how I found out about this record. It might have been on the wiki list. It, it might have been on a Discogs list. I don't know. But I'm glad I found it. This is their debut album. It's called Scenes from the Second Story. So check it out. This is God Machine with She Said. Yeah. 
Ah, yes, man, oh man, that is some good shit right there. This is one of those instances where listening back to a song like that, again, I feel like maybe if I had some nostalgia for this album, it would probably have done really well on this countdown. But for right now, let's call it a debut entry here at number 53. That was God Machine with She Said, once again, from the album called Scenes from the Second Story. And this next one right here, it's kind of a tight entry almost in a sense, even though it comes in at number 52 officially right here. But I could have easily flipped these. I enjoyed this album equally, but for completely different reasons. This is another one like I was talking about with Every Mother's Nightmare. Very melodic, hard rock type of band. And as someone who is not from Canada, talking about Canadian bands, I'm always interested to see just how well known they are in their native land where there's a lot of quality bands from Canada that unfortunately just can't even get arrested in the United States, but they do pretty much really well everywhere else. It's weird and sad at the same time. And this is a band, unlike God Machine, I had heard the name of this band before, but I never believed that I heard anything by them ever before I heard this particular album for 1993. And that's the band Harem Scarum with their album here called Mood Swings. And... I could tell just by listening to it the first time out, yes, they are a hard rock band, very much commercial hard rock, AOR, very much an AOR type band. Let's go with that. A band that will play very hard rocking songs, but can also write a pretty decent ballad on top of it. Translation, a band that is probably not doing that great in the U.S. in 1993, sadly. So I feel like for people that are big fans of this band and have known this record for the last 30 years, have probably been screaming justice for this record because it's quite good. And I definitely back it. So if you're a fan of AOR rock, hard rock, melodic stuff, stuff that was big in the 80s over here, let's just say in early 90s, then check out Harem Scarum. Once again, much like some other things I've already talked about on this show, good luck streaming it because it doesn't seem to be out there, at least on the platforms that I have. I think maybe much like the God Machine record, I had to go on YouTube. I guess that's considered a streamer now at this point, but that's where I was able to hear this record. There is another record, I believe, on Spotify, and I think it's Mood Swings 2, but that's not the album we're talking about here. We're just talking about the original Mood Swings by Harem Scarum. Uh, So yeah, here's a little appetizer for that record right here. This one's called Stranger Than Love.
just straight out of one of those movies where the guy gets to finally kiss the girl at the end and everything's going to be okay, at least for now. That's all I see when I hear a song like that. But I love it. Yes, Harem Scarum with Stranger Than Love from their album Mood Swings. That's a very on-the-nose representation of this record. So if you like what you heard, then go find it somehow, some way. Okay, and we're going to close off the show here today, coming in at number 51, with something completely different. We go from Canadian AOR hard rock to a band out of Tacoma, Washington, via Sub Pop Records. This band right here, Seaweed, and for my money, one of the better quote-unquote grunge bands that got signed in the wake of Nirvana happening. They're on Sub Pop, which is where Nirvana started as well. They got signed to Hollywood Records after a while, and Hollywood didn't know what the fuck to do with them. Very sad, because they could have been one of the better bands of the decade as far as success goes. But quality-wise, they're definitely one of the best bands of the 90s for punky alternative-type bands. But yes, do yourself a favor. Check out some seaweed. In 1993, they put out their fourth official release called Four... (laughs) They put out, I believe, two EPs before that and maybe a full length after that. But this was their official fourth release called for Easy Enough. Not Roman numeraled. It's actually spelled out in case you look it up. But yes, just a cool, killer, freaking rock and roll band. And I know for sure, speaking of earlier, this is definitely 100% a Logan recommendation. I remember him telling me stories about him going to see this band live. And you know, that might have been a really early episode from the show now that I think about it. But... Never gets old, those stories. And this band right here never gets old. So here's Seaweed with One Inch Punch. Back 
right, closing off the show here today and closing off part one of the top 60 albums of 1993. Countdown right here. That was The Great Seaweed with One Inch Punch from their album Four. Not to be confused with Led Zeppelin Four or Huey Lewis and the News Four. Different kind of four. But yes, I hope you enjoyed that. I know I did. And I hope you enjoyed this particular part and opening of the countdown a lot of different genres and subgenres here. We're in the 90s. All bets are off. So I hope you're strapped in and along for the ride with me here. And as we do here when we do countdowns on Rock Strikes 10, you can expect the next part here in the next day or two. But until then, stay tuned for my better half NOLA with the plugs and followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, NOLA. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10 and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on Sirius XM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. Game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it.